When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody and welcome to the show. Have you ever heard a band that just seems to connect with you and you can't really pinpoint the reason? You just hear them and say, yes! One of those bands for me is Medicine Boy. They hail from Cape Town, South Africa originally, although they now live in Berlin. Andre Leo joins me and he talks about the sounds and the feelings of Medicine Boy. Music isn't technically complex, it's emotive, it's atmospheric, it's delicate, it's bombastic, sometimes in the same song. Check them out on Bandcamp or on social media at Medicine Boy. Check us out at Performance ANX. Subscribe, rate, review, share, and enjoy Andre Leo of Medicine Boy on Performance Anxiety. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Andre Leo. I'm one half of Medicine Boy. Um, and you're listening to Performance Anxiety. me yes yeah i hope they, i hope they, i hope the connections are like like uh got some uh, power issues here in cape town oh no it's seems to be working okay it's causing the, the internet i think we, we just have a little bit of a lag so let me just put it a bit louder okay so we'll just uh take take it slow i guess yeah exactly <laughs> well thank you so much for joining me man i really appreciate it yeah thank you very much for inviting me man i'm it's absolutely my pleasure um the first thing I want to say is that uh, I'm really I'm, I'm kind of angry with myself because I just discovered you guys through our friend Paula, and I, I'm absolutely fallen in love with the music. It is just the most amazing stuff that I've heard in a long time. Well, thank you very much, man. That's uh, that's really kind of you to say. And uh, Paula is just uh, yeah, she's the best. Oh, she uh, she's uh, too kind, too kind to us. She's yeah, she's amazing. She's uh, I I met her actually. I did a show with Leah from Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, 
And uh, Paula just kind of reached out and said, hey, I, I thought it was a really great episode. You know, I'll, do you mind if I post it somewhere? And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And I didn't even realize she was connected at the time. So we just started talking and, and uh, then I, I kind of re- realized what she was doing. And I said, okay, hey, let's, if you got anybody else that you might you think might be good for the show, let me know. And she's like, you got to talk to Medicine Boy. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> so I went out and started listening to the music, and I was just blown away. So I, I'm just getting familiar with the with the catalog and the music, and it's it's it, you guys have kind of become one of my favorite bands. I mean, not just of the year, but like one of my favorite bands. Well, that's, yeah, that's just amazing to hear, dude. It's always, I mean, it's always, I was speaking to someone about, about it uh, yesterday, about just the the fact that anyone listens to, you know, to one stuff is kind of a, it's kind of incredible, you know, like everyone's out there doing their own thing. And the, the fact that some people take some time to, from their own lives to listen to what you're doing is uh, it's kind of amazing, you know? So I, you. yeah, I mean, I, I get it on a smaller sense with this podcast because I don't have nearly the audience you guys do. But I, I can understand it because it's, you know, it's personal to you. And, and then you, you don't know how many people are interested in the first place. So it's, it's, it's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to know a little bit more about how you got into music in the first place. Um, did you grow up in a musical family and how old were you when you started playing music? What was your first instrument? Yeah. Well, I actually, um, growing up, my, uh, my dad was very into he was very into music. He was very into folk music, stuff like uh, Joni Mitchell and John Martin. And, um, and I grew up, uh, I, I grew up skateboarding. I started skateboarding when I was nine. So I kind of heard stuff like, uh, you know, the Ramones and, um, things like this and skate videos, you know, Johnny Thunders, but it never really, I mean, I always liked it, you know, but I was, uh, but it, music never really hit me when I in those years, like, um, and then when I was, when I was 12, um, for Christmas, my, my dad actually went out and he bought me a, which is, which is really strange because he's not necessarily a, a big fan of this band, but he, he went out and bought me a, um, a, a Rolling Stones album. It was the 40 Licks album that came out at the time, the 40, oh, okay. 40 year anniversary thing. Um, and he just bought me this, this CD, this double CD, this sort of retrospective. And he just said, you know, he, uh, he thought he, that I would really like this. And, uh, it literally just, uh, it literally changed my, changed my life. It was like everything, my life was sort of before I heard the stones and after I heard the stones and uh, that was, wow. that was kind of it for me. So I actually do have one of the, one of those real, <laughs> real stories, you know, that, uh, and then, so this was in my like formative, uh, yeah, like I said, I was 12. So I was just coming into my teenage years and like, I, I used to, uh, used to get, an allowance every month. And then I would go out with my dad. He would take me to this uh, big music store and I would buy two new stones albums. You know, luckily there was oh, wow. a very big catalog for me to dig. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. so I, so I kind of went through the, through about a year or, or two of basically just listening to the stones. And then also it was kind of into the doors. And, and I think I was kind of of this uh, school of thought that like only old music was good, you know, just probably pretty pretentious little kid. And then yeah, um, I went through that too. And then, then I heard bands like, uh, <laughs> then I, then I heard bands like, uh, the white stripes and the BRMC. And that was, that was a real, uh, that was a, a major thing for me to just think like, Oh, oh my God, like these bands are creating this stuff now, you know, they're taking, 
taking all this kind of root stuff. Cause at, at the moment, I, at that time I was also very, very into blues music and I'm just going through the stones or whatever, digging back. Um, so then when I got into those bands, it really, um, had a big influence on me starting to play music, you know, um, okay. to, to how to do, how to take these kind of, I guess, roots influences and, in uh, and put like, put your own kind of twist on it, I guess, you know? Okay. So me and a couple of friends, we started our first band when we were in, we were in high school. I think I was about 15. I think we were all about 15, 16. And we played for a couple of years and, uh, had a lot of fun. And, um, we, I think we always kind of saw ourselves as like, a the, maybe this is also just like kind of some kind of pretense to it, but we saw ourselves as, I think a bit like, of like outcasts from the rest of the bands. You know, we always like a lot of people were sort of doing very sort of modern kind of, uh, you know, pop punk, hardcore kind of, kind of stuff, yeah. teenage stuff. And we were sort of this flag bear flag bearers of, uh, good music, I guess <laughs> what we were doing. Um, um, and then that band, uh, that band as everyone sort of got out of high school, went on and then as went to university and, and as people sort of started you know, graduating and moving on in the world and, you know, getting, getting full-time jobs and whatever, it kind of reached a point where, where it was obviously, it was kind of causing a lot of friction with us because, you know, some, some of us wanted to continue doing it. Some of some just couldn't. And then we just decided actually like, we kind of started this band as friends and we, you know, now we're kind of, we're fucking it up now by, by, by butting heads. So we just kind of yeah. left it, um, called it quits. And then, so this was at the time when I was, I was around 20 and then, uh, so I was sort of at a bit of a crossroads in terms of what do I do? You know, I'm, I didn't, I never studied or anything. So I kind of thought, well, I'm 20, I'm not, you know, it's still time to do things like this. Um, do I, do I want to go study something? You know, do I want to study maybe literature or something? Do I continue playing music? Can, do I do something else totally? Uh, right. and then actually we were speaking earlier about, um, black rebel motorcycle club. They, they then actually came to South Africa when I was 21 and, uh, I took, uh, took two rounds of mushrooms and saw them and it was, <laughs> that was basically the, the, that was basically the deal signed for me wow. you know, from, from there. I was like, Oh, well, um, that's, that's it for me. Right. You know, like I'm, I'm in it now until, until the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to like, I just have to figure out and I'm still, and I'm still figuring out, you know, I just remember seeing it and thinking, I want a part of that somehow, you know, yeah. and I don't know what it is and I'm not sure how to get there, but I'm going to, I'm going to try and let's see. Um, so that was, yeah, that was, that was up to that, you know, that was a very formative, uh, musical experiences for me, you know, between the age of 12 and 21. Yeah. So, so and I'm 29 now. Your two big influences there are the stones and black rubber motorcycle club. So that's pretty damn solid. Yeah. I would say, you know, if you had to, um, if you had to put it on. And, and then also, I mean, I, I was hugely in, in that time also. And, and since been, um, people like Nick, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds have been a big one for me and, um, Tom Waits and oh, um, yeah. things like this, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, and you know, I can hear definitely some of that in, in especially Tom Waits lyrically, because the lyrics of, of medicine boy are really stories and it's not, nothing seems frivolous or, you know, throw this is, this is just going to be some throwaway lyrics. You know, everything seems to be incredibly well thought out. Yeah. I, I would, I mean, I would say that, uh, yeah, Tom Waits as a lyricist kind of, kind of blew my mind. You know, when I first heard it, I couldn't sort of believe the, 
the sort of trans like the transportive like element that that you could uh, you know how you could get transported lis- listening to to what he's saying to you you know like and um, and I just thought that with songwriting you sort of have the opportunity to to do anything and you can say anything and you can sort of you can you can make things up and you can you can put stuff together that's not supposed to be together and sort of and see what comes out at the end and you can do it because it's your it's your song you know right um, yeah and, exactly uh, so i was sort of, it's kind of like a at, i guess it's a very it's a very thrilling um it's a very thrilling approach to songwriting which i think you know a lot of songwriters which are also really great are all, all very it's all very autobiographical and it's very uh it has to you know come from a from a very personal space and an, an experience and and while I do obviously pull from these places as well, I kind of like to, uh, I kind of like to mix it up with, um, with whatever I can sort of pull out of the air or what feels right, you know, not, not just, uh, spew my emotions onto people. I guess, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my next question is, what are you drinking right now? Cause I'm drinking a, uh, it's a beer from here from South Africa called devil's peak. Ooh. Um, devil's peak, yeah. Devil's peak is a mountain, which is just behind me. Um, and yeah, they make pretty, they make pretty good beer. I had a, um, I work cause I'm down here now. I live in Berlin. So, but I'm down here for this, uh, this festival that I, that I run in Cape town. And then, um, I'm staying here for the holidays doing some, we're mixing this new medicine boy record. So I saw, uh, saw some family today, drank some beers and then took this one home. So that's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got, I'm going to join you a little bit. I've got my coffee. Cause it's a little early here, but I, I threw in a, a dash of Buffalo. It's a Buffalo trace distillery here. And I guess somewhere in, in the U S I don't know where the hell is, but they make amazing bourbon and it's their, their version of like a Bailey's It's a bourbon cream. So I just put a little well, bit of coffee. Great. Well, cheers. Cheers. So how did you meet up with Lucy? So, um, Lucy, Lucy was studying, um, she was studying at a, at a she was studying arts at, in, at a university in a place called Grahamstown. She was doing her, I think her, she was doing her master's or something in choreography. Um, and she, when she finished, she moved down to Cape Town to, uh, pursue a career in music. And we, we had a, a very, um, strong mutual connection, um, in a fellow musician friend of ours, a very good friend. And we kind of all met and became, we became super good friends and, uh, we started kind of all playing together and we s- sort of, I would play with her and her solo stuff. And, uh, then we kind of formed this very a band with, with five of us and we would always, pl- and we play together and, uh, it, me and Lucy ended up uh, becoming, you know, really, really good friends and, um, eventually ended up becoming, um, you know, pa- partners in a sort mm-hmm. of a couple sense of the word. Okay. Uh, and then. And then one day we, um, we thought, you know, like what, how we really wanted to be, um, we wanted to travel essentially, you know, we wanted to take our music around the world and it's a very difficult thing to do in South Africa. You know, it's far away from everything. The, the sort of visa implications are hellish, but we thought, you know, if we, if we can figure out some way to do something with just the two of us, you know, we can travel together, we can, you know, um, share things, whatever. It just made sense to us. Right. We thought, okay, let's try. Let's see if we can, you know, and we were kind of, uh, spending all our time together anyway. And we thought, how let's, let's take this on. How are we going to make this work with two people? And we, 
we didn't really know. And we just kind of tossed some ideas around. We wrote some songs. Um, and then eventually it led to the thing. So, okay, well, I'm going to play guitar. You play, you play drums, like sort of kind of Jesus, Mary Chain kind of stand up drum thing. Right. Um, right yeah. And then kind of started from there. It, yeah. Kind of started from there. And then we said, well, she has this very beautiful organ and we kind of let's, let's incorporate that. And, and thought, okay, well maybe we get a, maybe we get a drum machine and try to figure it out. And so that's kind of the, the, that was the sort of first formation of, of medicine boy was, was me and Lucy and a drum machine that we really had no idea how to use. It was like, <laughs> I mean, it was very much like, it was very much just like, a, 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 an exercise in, in luck and I guess and throwing <laughs> caution out the window. Um, first period because it, it felt so new and it felt so daunting just to be two people and trying to do this thing and not really you're not really sure where it's going or if it's if it is even working but it it, it felt so right and it felt so alive and um something i mean we were very lucky that it sort of connected with uh, people in quite a strong way here in cape town pretty quickly um and okay the fact that we were just two people made, um, meant that we could travel to other places of South Africa, you know, and, uh, go play for different crowds there. And, um, yeah, that, so that was kind of our, um, how me and Lucy sort of came, came to work together, you know, and at all at the same time I was, uh, she's got a solo career and I was playing guitar and that, you know, so we, we kind of, uh, we keep, we keep kept pretty busy. How is the scene in South Africa? Because your music is, is, it's definitely got a darkness to it, almost like a menacing quality about it. And is the sound, or is the uh, the, the scene in South Africa open to a, a wide variety of different types of music? Or is it very open? So South Africa has actually got a, um, you know, I mean, I'm maybe I'm a bit biased about Cape Town, but particularly Cape Town has an, an incredible um, music scene, especially when it comes to, uh, I guess, strange types of rock and roll music, you know. Um, there's a, I do a, um, I'm part of a collective called Psych Night and we've sort of been doing events here in South Africa since 2013 with, uh, bands like Night Beats and the Alalas and okay. um, we have the OCs and things like this. Um, so I've kind of been, you know, I've been around the local scene in Cape Town for, for years and every time I come back, I'm just sort of more blown away by how good the bands are and how interesting they are and how, and the biggest thing is also how much they support each other. I'm going to actually go after we do this interview, going to go watch some, uh, one, a local label here is having their sort of end of year gig with three of the, three of the Cape town bands, you know? And, uh, cool. so everyone is, everyone's really supportive of each other and, and loves each other and they all play and everyone plays together. And, uh, but you know, the, um, the scene here, this, I found like scenes all over the world, really like, you know, it's the same, everyone faces the same problems, you know, in, in terms of 
venues closing down and, you know, um, musicians not getting enough money and all that, you know, but, uh, but, but yeah, Cape Town, this, the scene is incredible. A lot of diverse types of rock and roll music as well, which is great. You know? So the bands are pretty supportive of each other. Unlike things like, cause I hear a lot of stories. Uh, I've had some people who went through this, the seventies punk scene in New York. It was very, um, competitive where bands were actually sabotaging each other on stage, you know, because they wanted to, you know, they knew that some record guy was coming to CBGBs to play. So they would just kind of mess around with the sound a little bit so that they sounded better than the other band. So it's, it sounds like it's a lot more uh, supportive. Yeah. I mean, that's so like, that's, that's, that's so ridiculous to me. Yeah. Now. I, I'm always kind of, I'm, I, I'm always kind of sh- shocked actually. Like, um, it's, I was actually in a situation recently that um, I won't go into, but basically, this there was a musician who I who I um, thought I was very close to and had, was um, had always shown a lot of support to, and um, and I thought we had a very good kind of camaraderie kind of thing. But anyway, the situation turned out that it was it became this really ugly thing, basically because of a some weird competitiveness that I think was in this other person that, and I was, and I, it had just totally baffled me because I've never, I've never ever, we, we get into this kind of music thing to avoid all that bullshit, you know, like, right. like you know, this climbing the ladder and, and all that stuff. Like we, we, and everyone is, everyone is uh, trying their best to, to, to do their best. And it's such a difficult thing that I think if you start, you know, um, becoming mean, mean spirited and envious and of, of people around you, then, then you're you're just an asshole, and you're in in the wrong industry. Yeah, um, I think. And you're being short sighted too. The support, absolutely. The support um, support amongst musicians is its own currency. You know, it really means like it means a lot if um, if you if you're playing a show and you see other musicians there, you know, and if they, I mean, you know, because hopefully there is mutual respect, you know, right, um, and often an admiration. I mean, I mean, I'm sometimes so uh, like just baffled by the amount of amazing musicians and people that are around me at, at, at all times. You know, I feel very, very lucky that my life has sort of worked out that way. You know, <laughs> sort of you check yourself sometimes and you're, and you're sitting in a room and it's just like these incredible people who are just making this bizarre stuff in a, in a world that is often, uh, you know, not great. The sound of medicine boy. It's very, spooky almost as i'm trying to think of a good word to describe it for anybody who hasn't heard it but it's it's really hard to describe when you say you're it's a duo most people think you know white stripes black keys uh something straightforward rock or maybe something folky but it's not at mm. all it's 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 cinematic almost in the fact it's very moody and ambient and it's it it sets it sets a mood really it's 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 very hard to describe it was that was it intentional to steer away from being a a band similar to the white stripes of the black keys where you're straight ahead bluesy rock um i think there was i mean there were always sort of comparisons i guess to say like band like the kills because you know also a drum machine thing and whatever but right. i don't uh first of all first of all i def- definitely don't have the, the the chops to be jamie hints but <laughs> but i i think our, our our you're quite right with about the mood thing because we from the start we kind of wanted to make 
um, mood music really we wanted to create an, an atmosphere and a Mama take your pills Here's all that they say Switch them up If you don't like them that way A little pick me up At the end of the day A little fixer up And a, fe a feeling, really, you know, we're, um, rather than, you know, create a hit or create a, um, a just a, a rock and roll song or something. So I think right. the, and I think as we, as we were learning to create songs with just the two of us, um, I guess we kind of found our way, um, found our own voicings through just learning, you know, and through playing together and whatever. And then I think I developed my, my guitar style rapidly in those early early years of Medicine Boy because I'd always been in other bands, I'd always been with another guitar player, you know, and I was sort of singing and just playing chords and, um, uh -huh. and I really had to, uh, I really had to develop it and, and I could really find out what I, what kind of stuff I really liked and what, 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 um, what tonalities and stuff I really liked. And often it was very, um, sort of droney, open tuning, spooky, um, cinematic type stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, and me, me and Lucy, you know, and she, she we, our, our tastes are very similar um, in that regard. You know, we've always also liked, uh, you know, soundtrack music and, and things like this. So, yeah, um, it was a, a key player from the beginning, I think, you know, um, in that, yeah, to create a, to, to for 45 minutes or whatever you are on stage, create a bit of a, a world, you know, of your, of your own. Um, right. And a bit of, it's a bit of escape, escape, escapism, I guess, you know. Well, that's that's what some of the, the best music is. You know, it takes you out of the 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 shit you're in, you know, day to day, and it puts you in a, in a hopefully a better place. Absolutely. Or and and if you're if you're really lucky, it can help you make sense of the day to day shit. You know. Yeah. At least for at least for, at least for a little while, even just for a day. You know, that's that's that can that can be major. Hell, sometimes I'll take it for the forty five minutes that you guys are on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of your guitar work, you mentioned that you and you mentioned that you're you know you're not like a you're not a speed metal guy. You're not a, a super hyper technical player. You use a lot of uh, reverb and and feedback, and and I absolutely love that sound. It's is that was that a something that you that you're inspired by with by another artist is it something that you heard like that sounds amazing or is it just a, a, a way to to color the music especially since you two are just I a think, duo you know i think that um so there's been a so like i said when i was uh when i was a teenager i was very into blues music and my my main my main guy was always john lee hooker and the, the, this whole kind of how he would just kind of stay on one chord he would not really change you know that right. that always kind of uh, that really always just was an amazing thing to me and a lot of the stuff i've written then and now is always kind of also focused on this one kind of repetitive note you know so okay. um that that's an that's an influence i've actually always told you know in my mind medicine boy is very much a blues band you know even if i'm the only one that thinks that i don't, <laughs> I don't know but I, I see it um and then the um the other you know major influence was w 
was Peter Hayes um, from the RMC. Uh, um, I've sort of never, I've never heard get, guitar sound like that. You know, I mean, obviously, I loved albums and stuff before, but 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 seeing it for the first time live was really a, it was a, I just couldn't, like I said, I just didn't know what was going on. You know, I couldn't figure out how was this happening. You know, and I must have, I must have spent hours on on YouTube just trying to just seeing this man like and just, how is how is he how is he doing it? and trying to googling his tunings and all this and that yeah and then when, when i when i when i sort of came across all these all these tunings that interesting people were using it, it was so daunting to me i thought oh my god like i'm, I'm fucked like how, how am i <laughs> ever gonna you know but actually then you know a couple of years down the line I, I found just from playing and experimenting i am now also just in this in this in this uh in this boat where I just utilize a lot of open tunings and it, and it happens very naturally. And, uh, often I just sort of tune until it, until it feels right. And always just trying to look for something that's, that's slightly different that I doesn't feel that's been done before. And, um, so, uh, another, another really big one for me was uh, seeing a place of very strangers in 2013. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get into the the feedback thing, that's a pretty good uh, <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty good benchmark. Oh so, yeah, for sure. Those uh, guys are yeah. noisy. In a yeah, good way. So, so I think yeah, so I think those um like sort of this sort of the very kind of primal, um repetitive, droney nature of Johnny Hooker's kind of blues style, the kind of um very, you know, lush and open and and just like mind bending things that Peter Hayes does and then this sort of aggression and like flame throwing nature of what bands like Place of Very Strangers or the Jesus and Mary Chain do. I would say that those are all very key influences on me. Um, I've, uh, I've never really, uh, I've never really sort of been into the shoegaze thing as per such because I, I, don't, I, I don't, I don't like it's hard to sound too pretty. You know, I always wanted to sound a little bit, like a little okay. bit animalistic. So you're not really into the jangly um, sound. I don't. I don't even know what I'm into. You know, I just, uh, <laughs> I just, I just, I just do it until it, until it, until it sounds, until it sounds right to me. You know, and then I, I just kind of take it from there. I guess I'm very much still just figuring things out as I go along. To be honest. Well, it's it's great the uh, that you mentioned the the, the open tuning zone because I, you can here the, the the songs have this amazing space to it they're able to breathe and 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 have a life of their own because of I, I think in my opinion because of the use of your feedback and the open tunings and and your willingness not to just cram everything with notes you know the music is, can be sure, I, slow and open i think yeah i think also my thing with with that i like about open tunings is uh is that it sort of makes you it, it, everything you might have learned from by playing guitar. You kind of you you unlearn by playing, especially if it's like not your standard overtuning, because you kind of you don't really know what you're doing, um, and you don't know the shapes often, you know, of what. So it's it's more it's more instinctive, um, and uh, I mean, often it's a bit more of a struggle, but because you know, but you are essentially a, uh, for me, I feel like I'm. Uh, it's also a lot of fun to play alone on, on open tunings because you have this amazing sort of droning thing going on, you know? So it's, yeah. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of, um, actually like I'm, I'm always quite, uh, quite shocked by my, my, by my lack of knowledge of, <laughs> of just 
actual normal guitar tuning. You know, it's always, <laughs> it's always. <laughs> I, I like it because you get unique sounds when you get when you use an open tuning. It doesn't sound like standard tuning. You know, a lot of things can get yeah. predictable, and it, it, Medicine Boy is nothing, nothing about you guys is predictable. So it's well, thank you. That's a that's a that's a big compliment. Thank you very much. Well, it's and oh, I got to tell you this before. I know we're we're gonna get into this in, in a couple of minutes here. I've been playing the music over the past couple of weeks, and I've discovered you guys from my my wife and my kids, and they absolutely adore you guys too. And uh, I, I know this. You guys are working on a new LP, and it's the last Medicine Boy LP. My daughter says you guys aren't allowed to do that. So, <laughs> yeah, she's fourteen, yeah. and she says I have to convince you guys that you have to make more music together. So, oh uh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, she, she she might be right, but but uh, I guess if she's fourteen, she's gonna she's gonna start learning pretty fast that a lot of things yeah. in the world happen that you don't want to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, it, but that is that is very sweet. I wanted to throw that out because I promised her I'd tell you guys that. So, but I do want to go back to your guitar a little bit more. What kind of effects do you mm. use? Because you you get this incredible wall of sound in the studio and live. So, what is there anything that's not like top secret that you can let me know you're using? I don't have a um, like a. I think I also feel the same way about this as I do about the, the you know supporting each other. I, I'm not. I don't have any sort of secrets tricks or things that I don't want to tell anybody or anything. Um, my, my sort of the, the pedal, my, my, my gear, I guess, has sort of just grown a bit over the years quite naturally. You know, um, I, at the moment, at the moment I use, I use two guitars. I use a jazz master and a, um, a very nice company out of, uh, out of Miami called pure Salem. Um, they make great guitars. So I use one of their guitars. Is that that white um, one that I've seen in the videos? Yeah. That's it, it, gorgeous. Exactly, yeah. It's that one. Love yeah, it's a beautiful guitar. And um, so I use those and I use, and then mainly I use a twin reverb as the amp. Um, and then I have, basically my pedals are just a combination of quite a lot of fuzz pedals. I have a, I have two pedals from a, um, a very, like one of my favorite companies from Denmark called, a, I think it's pronounced Ruse. It's R-E, R-E-A-U-S-S or something like this. Okay. Um, they made this, uh, I actually got turned on to them because they made a, a signature uh, Warren Ellis pedal from the like modeled after his his sort of fuzz sound and uh, grinder man and bad seeds and stuff. And uh, oh, cool. he's if I actually had, if I actually had to pick one sort of get one major influence on my guitar playing, it would actually be Warren Ellis, even though he doesn't play guitar. Um, <laughs> so, so I got turned I got turned onto this company and then turns out they also made a Roland Howard pedal, who's also a big hero of mine. Um okay. so I got so I got those two pedals which are basically just uh, you know, really great, disgusting sounding things. Um <laughs> then I got another and then I got another oh, one of my favorite fuzzes is from a company called Basic Audio, um, out of the States. Um and then then I actually just have a bunch of very standard um I have like a memory boy delay pedal kind of a cheap tremolo pedal. Um, I mainly use the amps reverb actually. Um, oh, okay. and oh, I have a, a loop, oh, I have a looper, um, the ditto, the ditto, the ditto two, and then the, a jam man that I kind of have, um, some stuff just sort of saved on, you know, for like between, between songs or whatever, just some, uh, soundscapey stuff that I've made. 
it's kind of nice to have it at the end of the board because sometimes I'll be messing around and making loops and making textures and I go, Oh, that's really nice. And I can just save it on there, you know, I can sort of, and then sometimes in the middle of the song, I can think, Oh, you know, actually I'll just throw this in here now, you know, it's in the right key or something. So it keeps it kind of nice and spontaneous, which I like. Oh, that's cool. Um, And then a really bit, and a pedal that's, that's been, that's been quite a, a game changer for me, especially just being a, um, I mean, I talk about us as a duo, but for, I mean, for most of the time we've been playing with a drummer, um, you know, there's just that, that first, that first while that we were just doing the drum machine thing. Right. But, um, so a pedal that's really helped me to fill out the sound is, uh, the freeze pedal, um, the electroharmonics. So it's basically a, basically a, dr- a drone pedal. You know, you play a, you play a note or a chord and you hit, and you hit it and it'll just latch that note and it'll kind of wobble it. And it kind of gives it this, uh, yeah, just a kind of like a droney effect. Oh, and, it can, cool. and that can, and that, and that can sit underneath what you're doing. And like I said, a lot of my stuff is essentially just one chord. So it can kind of, it kind of works a lot. And I actually, where I think a lot of people put that pedal sort of towards the end of their chain, I put it almost right at the beginning. So every, every other pedal I, I hit, the drone gets affected by it, you know. So if I hit the fuzz, then this drone is also getting affected. So it, oh, cool. it's been a, it's been a, it's been a nice little uh, trick and source of inspiration for me. But I'm kind of also at this point now where I'm, you know, I've been kind of using the same pedals for a long time, and you know, you start to get to your, uh, you start to go back to old tricks or whatever. So I'm sort of in the, in the, in the um, search for something new and inspiring. I'm not sure what that'll be, you know. But I guess, I guess guitar players are always always in the search for a new pedal I've learned. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you something that I saw uh, oh, years ago, and, and it's, they still work making pedals. So, uh, Zvex, and they make this... Oh, yeah? They, yeah, they make this really weird pedal. I don't even know how to describe it. You just have to look it up. It's called The Machine. And it's it cuts through... It's a dis, it's like a distortion, but it kind of... The the wavelength is, is slightly different. And instead of... I, they explain it on the, some YouTube video, and you know, I they show you this shit on an oscilloscope, and all, and they go, oh, "This is what it does," and it cuts through the other distortion, and it. All I know is it sounds crazy. It's just it it sounds like you, you're hearing a guy play this distorted riff, the distorted uh, chord, and then he hits the machine pedal, and it's like a buzzsaw right through the rest of the distortion. It's just crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah, check oh, it. Yeah, check that out for sure. Maybe maybe that's the one. Maybe it, yeah, Zvex. I think Z V E X, and it's called the Machine. It they make a okay. lot of weird pedals, but they're one of those uh, boutique guys that just makes off the wall shit. That just they make. They have one uh, that it, it sounds like an old answering machine. It, it, it's just you play your guitar. Oh, yeah. and it's, it sounds like an old old phone ringing or something. I don't know why you use half this stuff or how, who would use that, but some dude thought it would be great and made it, but sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, after being in, in South Africa for years, you guys decided to move to Berlin. What was the reason for the move? Well, so we, we, we did our first uh, European tour kind of soon after we started. I mean, almost like within a year, we, we, we hit it, extremely um diy kind of cowboy style and uh, <laughs> it was it was kind of a it was kind of like in a weird way of because we, we went over for about three months and a big part of the trip was actually we got to see a lot see a lot of bands that we that we've never seen that were um you know so influential to us and uh which obviously being from south africa you don't always get to see the bands that you want to um, yeah i can imagine so, so we 
so we went over and um, and saw you know we saw the Mary Chain twice and Patti Smith tw- three times, spiritualized and Bad Seeds oh, and whatever. Yeah. So a lot of that. So and, I mean that was just as inspiring as actually playing overseas, you know. So as, anyway, we did that and then. But it was, yeah, it was real DIY. It was some, some, some real tough moments with that one. Um, <laughs> well, do you, in, in that situation, do you guys, obviously, you, you know, you, you arranged and scheduled everything yourself. Are you just emailing clubs or are you trying to, to latch onto a, a band that's playing there so that you, you kind of maybe have an in? Or is it just, we're going to go there, uh, you know, we've got like a Tuesday in Hamburg, you know, uh, a Thursday in Bremen. How, how are you guys scheduling all of this? Like the first one was very much, we, I mean, we must send about, out about a thousand emails, not even really like, you know, not knowing how it works, the kind of what the, what the process is with, you know, booking agents and venues and promoters and support shows. We, you know, we had no idea. So we just mailed a shit ton of people, got almost no replies, but you know, um, then, you know, then we, we made friends with a very um, people who were very close to still um, band from from France who called Hoboken Division, and they, we kind of did a couple of shows with them in France, and um, some people that we met also in Toulouse who do sort of a, also kind of a psychedelic nights or whatever. So okay. there were a couple of people who were really good to us, and we kind of just tried to fill the gaps, um, you know, as best we could. Um, okay. And we also had a. The people from Bad Vibrations in London were very nice to us too, and we went and played there. Um, and but yeah, as soon as we got back, we thought, okay, we have to go again. Um, but we have to do this uh, better and more sort of streamlined. You know, probably don't have to go for three months. Do it more of um, concise, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then so then we just basically got right back to it. We we mailed the, peop- the people that we worked with on this one, and then obviously in doing so, you meet new people and people start to kind of, I guess, hear a bit more about you in a very, you know, in a small way. And, uh, so the second one came together, we, we also booked it ourselves. Um, and, but it, it came together really, really nicely. Um, and it was actually one of the, it was a great tour. Um, and I've got to say just for, for so, but at this, at this point in time, um, we were playing with a drummer in South Africa, but we were still touring, um, just as a two piece, just for oh, logistical okay. reasons. Okay. Um, and also the, also at this time um, of the band, um, Lucy and I are no longer sort of together as a couple. One of the best, weirdly, one of the best times of, of the band, you know, because we were <laughs> super close and we kind of, um, so, and it was kind of nice, I think, to shed all that pressure of a relationship and just sort of go out there and focus on the music and have fun. What, so um, you guys didn't Fleetwood Mac yeah, so, the whole thing? So we went back. No, <laughs> no, we didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so then... Yeah, then we, this was, two, the second one was 2016, and then, then we came back and we thought, okay, if we really want to, you know, if we really want to continue doing this, we have to actually move there and, uh, wow. and start, sort of start again, you know, and then we, we start, just started the process of, uh, finding out from other people who'd, who'd done it before, you know, and, um, what it entails and how, how to go about it. And, and Berlin, we've been there and loved it. And it is, uh, it's, it's quite well known that Berlin is very welcoming to artists. There's actually a, there's a visa called, you can get an art, even a freelance artist visa, which is just oh, wow. kind of insane in my, you know, like I don't think a lot of people have that. So, no, I've so never we kind of got that. to work in the, yeah. So we kind of got to work on, um, 
on this application, we sort of found these immigration lawyers who we worked with who were thankfully um, just incredible, actually. It was just this amazing group of, of women who helped us, and they were just fantastic, you know, it was, because it's a very daunting thing, you know. I don't I know imagine. I don't know anything about Im- immigration law and all this stuff. Right. Um, yeah, so we kind of started the process, you know, getting all the documents and the reference letters, and uh, then we had this, uh, we had this new album ready, which was the the album called Lower, and we we sent it off to uh, to Fuzz Club Records in in London because we we just thought it would it just it it sounds so much like it could be on that label, but it doesn't sound like anyone on that label. Anyway, we just right. thought it would be such a good fit, so we sent it to them. And so when we actually ended up finally getting to Berlin, the, it was really nice because we knew that there was a record coming and there was a, we had an agent who was planning a tour. So it was all that sort of, all that work, whatever, it felt like we were working towards doing something, you know, yeah. and it wasn't like we were just going to get there and then have to figure it out by ourselves. So, um, cause we were willing to do that as well, but um, it is, it was nice that there was some sort of support. And then, yeah, so we arrived, I think in about, middle last year and then the album came out in October and then we, we toured it for a month in the winter and it was uh, yeah it was a real good baptism of fire I must say it was, uh, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it, was it was wonderful and um, you know Berlin is it's just so great it's, a, it's an amazing city a lot of I mean you can just do you can do anything you want in Berlin really I, um, I've heard and, that uh, I had a, yeah it's super it's super cool I've had a um Alexander Haka and Daniel DePicciato on actually just a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, wow. yeah, they were talking about how, how much Danielle moved there in early eighties. And she's been, you know, from, yeah. from New York all, uh, all the way to, to Berlin. And, and she's loved it. She, I mean, she helped form that love parade that they do every year. And, uh, um, okay. wow. she's, she's just been a, an integral part of the art scene ever since now the now for the past 10 years they've been kind of nomads they just did, like gave up everything and decided to just get in their car or van or whatever it is and just be nomads and so that's what they're doing now but they they gave me the impression that you're giving me that berlin is just a wonderful place for musicians and for artists and uh it's very welcoming and supportive yeah and it also like for a for a touring musician it's just also it's look it's located pretty well you know in terms of getting to other places in europe it's a think it's that. a pretty affordable city as far as the, yeah as far as it goes you know then um rent prices and uh beer prices and all these things are <laughs> very, uh, very very reasonable has the yeah move? so we're we're 
has the move uh, influenced the way you guys write music? Has it changed your your writing process at all or your perspective? I think that, um, I mean, I guess your, your perspective and it's kind of changing all the time, I guess, by your surroundings and, you know, and as, as you, as you grow as a, as a musician and a person, I guess. Um, and also a, a very big part of, of what you put out is who you work with, you know, and we've, we've, um, we found the most incredible and lovely drummer and um, who was playing with, with us and for the last year in, uh, in Berlin. Um, and work, so we worked with him on all this, on all this stuff for the new album and in shaping the songs and whatever, and his, his, his style of playing and, you know, writing together as a, as a, as three people, as opposed to two people, um, was hugely inspirational. Um, and had definitely had that definitely had a big impact on the sound. And then, okay. yeah. And you're, you're, the, and then also the, I would say that there's in this, in this, the stuff that have it's coming out now. Well, that will be on the next album. There's sort of a, I guess there's a sense of unsurety and unknowing, but you know, I think that's always been in our music anyway. You know, it's a, it's just a different, it's just a different kind of, it's a, it's a geographical unknowing now, maybe, you know, um, <laughs> it's just a, yeah. So it's a, I think, I mean, also it's very, it's, it's, I find it one of the most inspiring things to go and watch bands. So that's, it's also, and just music, you know, and, and Berlin is great for that. And you get to, you can really get your fix there. Oh yeah. Um, okay. If you, you know, if you want, if you want to go out and, and I've seen, uh, yeah, I've seen some incredible shows there. Um, a lot of, you know, just interesting off the wall kind of stuff that you, that you don't get in a place like K-Town, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Now, uh, um, a mirror, since we touch on some new stuff right now, that it sounds a little more aggressive than a lot of the previous music, um, and even visually, that the video, it's I've I've noticed a lot of the the other stuff is somewhat, somewhat muted, um, black and white, you know, uh, low contrast, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe some muted colors, even you know even uh, you know with when you do the colored work, um, it's a lot of muted colors, but. A mirror has is you know deep reds and blacks in the video, and the song itself is a little more aggressive. Is that indicative of what's going to be on the new album? Yeah, I think there was a there was definitely a part of me that um, that I I just I don't know what it was a what it was a reaction to because often just a reaction to but I I needed I I wanted to make something heavier and and like just something uglier you know um, and the, you know the good thing about being in a in a rock and roll band is if you if you want to do something like that you you can right you know? <laughs> um, so so that was a and it was also, we, we wanted to sort of, we wanted to just test out something, I guess. And we, we, because the guy who produced, co-producing this new album with us, um, 
his name's Simon and he, Simon Radcliffe and he, he happened to be in Berlin and around that time we thought actually, you know, why don't we record a single because he'd mixed lower, but he didn't record it. And so we wanted to do the whole new album with him and we thought this could be a pretty nice testing of the waters. Like let's do one single, let's start recording in Berlin and we finish in Cape town. And, uh, yeah, so that was kind of a sort of spur of the moment project actually that, okay. that single. Um, and it's, uh, it can, yeah, I think it, I'm really happy with how it came together. And I think there's definitely a, there's definitely some of that stuff on the new album. There's a, I mean, I, I think there's some stuff on the new album that's going to make that look kind of tame, actually. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm looking forward to that. I, yeah. Some, yeah, some of it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting record because, I mean, I, we've, always, we've, always, uh, we've always been very sort of um, vocal and proud of, of the fact that we really are about embracing both ends of the spectrum, you know, the extreme quiet and the extreme um, noise, I guess. You know? Yeah, and sometimes in the same song. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, for for sure. Which to me is is, is so beautiful. I, I absolutely love that dichotomy when it, when it happens, and it, and and you guys have mastered that. Now, <laughs> third album you guys are working on right now. It, you stated it's the final Medicine Boy album. What's what's bringing the band to a close? Well, I think I just think you know it's not like it just there were we've been so committed to this thing for so long, you know, and it's, um, and it's been, it's been basically every, everything that we've, uh, it's been our lives for the last f- five years, six years, seven years. And we were, it was all we think about and we were so insular and we were so in each other's space and, you know, physical and emotional space all the time. Um, and it was starting to become just, like just, it wasn't feeling normal, you know, just to be so like, yeah, just to be up in each other's space all the time. That is just what, yeah. And it's just, and it's just what it required, you know, even with the, with all the like bureaucratic shit that comes with, with moving, you know, it's like all that stuff we had to do together. Obviously we are, we right. We take our writing and our rehearsing very seriously. You know, we, we're, our stuff is, uh, you know, it's, it's not light, material it's and you know and uh, so all this you know this mixture of all these things becoming super insular um it just kind of got to a point where it just felt unhealthy and we were we were starting to have blowouts that we didn't which we didn't really need to have and it didn't feel didn't feel right it felt like we were sort of putting the real the beautiful thing which is just our relationship as friends and you know family or whatever um we were kind of putting that at risk um because we knew that in order to for us to go from where we are now to sort of i don't want to i don't know how to say it, but sort of the, the the next level the next step or to reach a wider audience or whatever whatever that means in terms of leveling up as a band that would re- require even more even more commitment even more sacrifice even more you know um and both of us just thought, you know, actually, if we do this, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to burn out and we are, we might not even burn out. We might blow out, you know? Um, and, uh, and then, then everything's fucked. Like why we saw this opportunity to, that we, we had all these songs, we had a tour booked for, you know, we, we had dates in Europe and then we had this festival in South Africa and we, we, we just thought, you know, maybe this is a, maybe this is a time to, 
to call it, you know, and, and go out, like play these shows. We have our last show at home and we get to put out a new record, which I mean, in true musicians sense makes no financial sense at all. <laughs> but we, uh, but we, uh, you know, we've, musicians have never been the best of best with money, I guess. But, uh, so, but, so we thought, you know, it's like, it's, we have, what a, what a nice way that like it's a beautiful thing to end a very beautiful thing, you know, and do it. And it's obviously it's, it's sad, but it's also, it does open up the, opens up, you know, new possibilities, of course. And, uh, and we both feel, feel really good and really proud of the decision, you know, and it's, yeah. we've been having a really good time make together making this album and, um, you know, we've been hanging out and it's been, it's been really great. And I think both of us are, you know, excited for it to get out there and to sort of, yeah, I mean, to, to see what hap- what happens next, you know? Well, it's it sounds like a similar situation to your first band, where you don't want to sacrifice the friendship and, and the relationship you have for, you know, what what could be just fleeting or something that doesn't exactly. a- actually end exactly. up coming to fruition. Okay. So. Yeah. And, then, and this is, and this is, uh, this is even more so because our, we, we are, we love each other, you know, we're, yeah. we're like, we're, we're, fa- we're family, you know, and it's a, and it would be a real, I don't think either of us would be able to forgive ourselves if we, if we, if we fucked that up, you know? So it sounds like it's actually a ma- really mature decision. I know. I'm, sh- I'm surprised. Uh, <laughs> <too>. <laughs> so for the, and not just for the new album, but for the prior albums, do you guys each come in with your own material and you work it out together or you, you just, you know, I, for lack of a better word, jamming in the studio or is, how does it, how do the songs yeah. come together for you guys? Yeah, actually, we've never had sort of one process. Um, we, when we were first writing, we, you know, we were, cause we had to just come up with some songs for this new band that we were starting. So then we would actually get together and we would write and uh, a couple of songs came out that way. And then, and then, you know, Lucy said, well, I've got this old idea that I mess around with and, you know, in a, in university it goes like this. And then, you know, I, maybe see something in one of her songs that she didn't see. And then I know, well, I got this old idea that I, you know, that I'd never got used for this band and she might see something else in that. And okay. so it's a very, yeah. So that was kind of the, the process at the beginning. Um, the, I think it started that with, um, with lower, we we worked a lot with our South African drummer. Who's amazing. His name's Vanner. And he, uh, he created a lot of sort of loops and stuff that, that you hear on some of the songs, like a song called diamonds, for instance, and a song called bottom of the blue. These ama- amazing sort of, um, almost like electronic textures that go on. So he was, it was really nice working with him on those kind of songs. Cause we would send him the song, you know, the demo with me just playing the drums on a guitar case or something, you know, and he would sort of see something else and that. So that was a very, that was a really nice album to make. Cause it was, it was very collaborative. Um, I think are a bit more, a bit more separate than they've been before. There are, there, there are more, there are Lucy's songs and there are my songs. Um, 
it just kind of worked out that way. I think, um, but obviously we, we're all over each other's songs anyway. We always make it a, a collaborative thing. You know, we're all singing together, et cetera. But uh, it did, yeah, so the process is always, it is always changing. But uh, you just have to, you just got to show up, you know, right. and, 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 and see what happens. You know, sometimes, and sometimes nothing happens, but you just, you got to show up, I guess. You know? Well, you've said in the past that songs are alive and can shape shift. Are there any Medicine Boy songs in particular that have really evolved over the course of, you know, playing them live and, 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 and songs themselves aging? Um, well, a, a song, we, we did a song with the, the first full length album called Evil. Yes. Which we, to tell you, to tell you the truth, me and, me and, me and Lucy really liked it very much. We thought it was too, uh, we thought it was like almost too, too safe, you know, it was too, uh, it was too like, okay. it was almost, you know, and then we... that we we would always try to when we played it live to to, to sort of put it in a, in a blender and, and try different versions of it slow it slow it down extend it you know like wow. make it actually a i mean i know there were a bunch of people who just wanted to hear the fucking song as the way it is you, <laughs> might, maybe it might, you know but uh but so that, that one's that one's taken it's that one's taken a lot of uh a lot of different roads well i can um, imagine because at the end would, you've got this chorus that, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, so, multiple voices. And I imagine, first of all, that would be, you know, really tough for the, just the two of you to do live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Exactly. So we actually, um, the show that we did now in Cape Town, the last one, we had a, we had a whole band playing with us and we had a, we had, we had four amazing women singing some backing vocals. So we finally actually got to do it. <laughs> well, and that, that was cool. That like, uh, Water Girl, that song, I saw a video for that, the festival of, uh, a completely different version oh, yeah. of that. And that just a version. I mean, it almost brought me to tears. It was, I, I just, Oh, wow. Oh, and it just, like I said before, your music is just really connected with me for some reason. And it's just that song, that version of that song is just, it sounds sad. It's very melancholy. Oh, yeah. And the song and the album is completely different. So is it, did that take a lot of, yeah, was that hard to rework it like that? Well, you know, I mean, that's an interesting, interesting thing is like, that's, you know, how people, how people receive your, uh, you know, your interpretation of that, the song and that version, you know, that's a, that's a, that's what, that's why actually why songs can shape shift too. Cause you know, you hear something in that song that wasn't maybe the intention even, I'm not sure what the intention was at that point when we performed it like that, but you know, but you, but you hear, but you receive it in that way. And that's what makes it really beautiful and alive, you know, Okay. where, uh, someone else might listen to it and go like, Oh shit, they're, I don't like this version, but, you know? Oh man. So it's, uh, it's that interpretation that I that's think true. is, uh, yeah. And um, but a song that, a song that's been, a that's really shapeshifts live is, is a mirror. Um, some every night on tour, it's 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 slightly different. It's, sometimes it's you know twelve minute long, and 
Oh just wow! The sham, a, sh- a shambles, and you know, <laughs> and, uh, it's really, it's really nice. It's really, imp- it's really important for me to have a, to have moments in 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 the set and the sounds that are a little bit, I guess, like I, I mean, maybe dangerous sounds a bit corny or something, but like a bit where where the the sort of this could this could sort of collapse at any point, you know? Right. Well, um, that's that's the yeah. thing I've noticed about your music is that it's either very delicate. And, and like I said, mentioned sometimes in the same song, it can be very delicate, or it seems like it's on the verge of exploding at any second. Yeah, the entire thing, and it, that's that's what I love about it. And it's it's there, it's a volatility in the music that you just don't know what's coming next. It's a it's a surprise, and it, you know it could be that it goes from something very soft and just piano driven to all of a sudden this big squall of feedback. And to me, that that's the kind of stuff that I, I absolutely love. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I guess that, um, but you know, it's uh, it's just something that I think. Yeah, we never really set out to, to like, you know, oh, this is the idea. I've got this concept. You know, it goes from like where, yeah, but just kind of, uh, yeah. I think when we were, you know, when we were writing one of the first songs we wrote was a song called "The Strange in Me," and it's uh, was at the end. And then Lucy had written a song on guitar like a couple years ago, and I thought, oh, this it sounds so cool on this, you know, just playing on on the keys with the bass and. Here's what about this guitar thing? And then we were like, okay, well, how do we end it? And then we just thought, okay, what if we just, what if everything just gets destroyed at the end? Wouldn't that be weird and different? And it's kind of a, and it was this, the thing of, of just trying, just trying stuff, you know? Um, and always like, always wanting it to, to sound slightly, slightly unconventional, I guess, and slightly un- unpredictable, as you said, which is a, uh, you know, I mean, you're always, uh, you're always challenging yourself with that because obviously, like I said, with the guitar stuff, you, some, you know, you sometimes you find yourself falling, falling into old habits and you, it's, yeah. it's always like the, the kind of the challenge, I guess, of an artist is to always, one of the challenges is to, uh, is to try and not repeat yourself too often and not to, not to rely too much on the, yeah, on your old, on your old tricks or your sort of your, the, the elements of your craft that you've, that you feel you've really mastered, but it's to kind of, uh, to always kind of be searching for something that can, that can make you feel excited and surprised and also terrified again. You know, like I said, with those first, the first um, year of playing those medicine boy shows, it was really, it was such a, it was such a strange experience because I think we still feel, we still feel our whole bodies when we play, but that was, there's something like there's something really interesting in doing something that's so new and so you know and it, you just have to be so aware of what you're doing it's yeah. a, it's it's crazy and i i kind of yearn for that again so i i am hoping to sort of find it again somehow so well i'm hoping you do now i have a question for you real quick about endless days festival you co-founded that several years ago are you still involved in that now that you guys have moved to Berlin and how does that, how does that work being so far away if you are? Um, yeah. So, so endless days, it started with this company myself and four of my best friends started called psych nights. And then we used to do, we used to do local events and we hosted some from foreign bands and, uh, and then we eventually we just kind of got to the point where we thought, well, okay, we're going to do a, a festival now. Right. And then it just seemed like the logical thing. And, um, vans were our sponsor. They wanted to do it. So we thought, okay. So then it kind of became more, we were doing less shows. Um, and then just doing this one festival, we do sort of one or two smaller shows every year, but okay. the main focus was on the festival. And it, that was kind of around the time that I was moving, but because it's such a focused 
thing and it only happens once a year it, it hasn't been a real issue we've got such a great team you know um, and oh, one of our guys is actually in, in hong kong as well so so we're in very international business and uh it sounds the, like it's um, it's one of the few ways you can actually bring international bands to cape town like uh I, yeah I exactly a, a place of very strangers has played one of the festivals so i don't know if they'd be touring south africa if it wasn't for for you guys for sure i um i it's it's a it's an amazing thing i mean talking about like being surrounded by uh by amazing talented people and like i said you know i get to get to bring bands that i love to south africa you know it's kind of a dream really That's awesome. um, and also it's a so it's a really good excuse to to go back to cape town every year you know i came in november and, for, and now i'm now i'm still here you know? and it's beautiful <laughs> beautiful weather you know and i get to see my friends and stuff i get to see my family like i said so it's uh yeah it's an amazing thing and the festival just gets it just gets better every year and the the, the man it's like just an amazing group of people um and i'm really yeah i'm humbled as hell every year you know that's awesome see i'm getting i'm in virginia in the u.s so i'm i'm uh getting the opposite it's rainy and, and dreary here right now so we're getting the uh, exact opposite, <laughs> but yeah. So you had mentioned that you've you've already you wrapped up your touring. So with the new album, I'm assuming you're not going to be going out and supporting that with a tour. Then no, unfortunately not. We kind of, I mean, I think we briefly thought of it, but it just kind of like it would. Yeah, it just seemed that everything was sort of in in line the way that it should be. And we knew that, you know, organizing another tour, then it's again, it's just, a, it's then we're back to this with the thing that we, it, yeah, it just didn't feel natural. It felt sort of that we were, that we, yeah. And it's kind of, um, it's kind of nice to, it's kind of nice to just make a record and, um, and put it out there and not have to, not actually have to take it on the road, which is weird because I feel, I feel like songs really come alive when you play them live. Um, but um, we did, we were lucky enough that we on this on the last shows we did in Europe we were playing a lot of them with with Fred our drummer um, to to sort of to work them in for the recording. Okay. Um, so we actually played yeah we played a lot of them live. So I'm so I feel I'm ha very happy we got to do that and to, to to feel how it feels to play them because they they are ironically I think they're the songs that were almost the most written for um for for live for the live stage actually. Oh, wow. you know? But uh. But it's been it's also been great that now finishing them off, knowing that they don't actually have to go there. You know, you can. Uh, so and it's 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 an it's an, in, an interesting process for sure when you when you think about that these songs will that they yeah they'll they'll never grow in that way and like there there won't be the interpretation of the like you know the live version on YouTube right. or whatever they'll they'll just be the, they'll just be the record and. Uh, but I'm, but I feel I feel kind of excited about that. Say. You're not going to have the new version of Evil where it changes ten times. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, what do you have plans for what your next project is going to be? No idea. But I feel I feel I feel very <laughs> excited about that. I have a. Um, but I actually, I, I told myself I wasn't going to worry too much about writing and stuff while I was here in South Africa and just sort of clear my head a bit. Yeah. But I actually went out and uh, I actually went out and bought a little interface today because I actually wanted to, I actually, I actually want to record, want to, want to record some demos. So I've, oh, uh, look at that. some, some, yeah. So some stuff is floating around and I just sort of slowly, I think 
things are piecing together. And there, there are, there's a couple of people in, in Berlin that I'd really like to work with. So I think I'll, uh, I'll put some stuff together and uh, send it to them and see if they'll, see if they'll have me. It'd be a huge mistake if they didn't, because I, I think you're an amazingly talented musician and I'm, I'm, I definitely want to follow you on Facebook and on, uh, on Twitter and all the social media platforms. Cause I want to keep up with what you're doing. Um, I'm hoping whatever it, whatever it is, you come to the States at some point to play some live shows because yeah, I'd love to, man. I would love to, to experience a live show. I, 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 and just kind of experience your guitar playing live because I, what I've heard on the record, the couple live clips that I've been able to see on YouTube and all it's, it's exactly what I love. It's not oh. shred. It's, it's more emotional and it's, it's, it's something that I connect with and, I really want to thank you for spending over well over an hour with me at this point. So where yeah. can people follow? Oh, fuck, really? We got over an hour. Yeah. 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 A little over an hour <laughs> at this point. So where can people okay. follow you on, on uh, social media to keep up with what you're doing? So I guess um, Instagram and Facebook, that would be the best. We have, we have a Twitter, but to be honest, the only reason I haven't deleted um, the band's Twitter is because I follow, um, Warren Ellis on Twitter because he's not on Instagram and stuff. And <laughs> I, I just I just use Twitter to, to every now and then see what's going on in his life, <laughs> what he's doing. But uh, but to be totally honest, I um, I think I will probably delete our Twitter soon. Uh, it's never been, really been my thing. But I, I hate we're pretty active on Insta on, on Instagram and and Facebook. I kind of like I kind of like those things, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those would be those would be the best stuff, I guess. Yeah. Excellent. Well. Andre, thank you so much for spending so much time with me. I really do appreciate it. I'm a, I've become an enormous fan, and and like I said, your music, it, it's not just one of my favorite discoveries of the past year. It's it's one of my favorite discoveries of of all time. I'm really, really loving your music. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me and for the kind words and and for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 